bag after him, boss. Look, is that is that Botar Paisley? Ah, you're killing. And welcome to another episode of the Sartorio and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming at you again one more time, and let's jump right into the download. And if you can guess it, it's going to be for Xbox. I'm pretty sure it's on your PS. Three, if you still have one, probably not your PS4 or 5. But this game was part of the June offering for the Xbox Live Games with Gold and is another fighting classic from SNK. In this case, it is Neo Geo Coliseum. Now, unlike the King of Fighters games, where you got more of a collection of its serious fighters, art of fighting, King of Fighters, excuse me, not King of Fighters, Fate of Fury, uh, this game features a wider selection of characters from SNK's fighting pantheon. So you get a little bit silly as far as his characters are concerned when compared to the compilation series that is King of Fighters. And also in this game you have 3D rendered backgrounds that are moving in that are moving as you're doing the fighting as well. And with those backgrounds you see other SNK SNK games like Metal Slug in the background as well. So you're going to get characters from Art of Fighting, World Heroes, uh, Fatal Fury, of course, and their different character models and versions. But it's going to be your typical SNK Neo Geo 2D sprite goodness when it comes to your fighters. Now, this was offered as part of the June 2021 Games with Gold at the time of this recording and is no longer part of the quote-unquote free uh, assortment of games that you can download however it is only $9.99 at full price and I think if you're looking for a new fighting game especially if you're a fan of the genre like myself uh, $10 is well worth the price for this game so this is Neo Geo Coliseum this is going to be on the Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox Series systems as well so that's the download and I kept it short this week because we're going to be somewhat game heavy when it comes to uh, the podcast simply because well E3 just ended and this is the first it's not even first proper E3 but it's uh, E3 that tried to be somewhat normal in this pandemic class post pandemic whichever way you want to look at it uh, error and really E3 sucked Let's, let's be frank if it wasn't for Nintendo or Microsoft E3 would just be abysmal um, even that Jeff Keighley summer of games was okay uh, I think for myself uh, being around for all these game generations and all these E3s there it takes a lot to excite me personally um, as a gamer and also there are certain games I play and don't play um, I do wish that Sony was there I think that it would have been a really good thing to have Sony uh, have announcements there to really combat uh, Microsoft Sony is coming becoming much like Nintendo where we're just going to do our own thing and we're not competing because we're the market leader and they don't feel like they have to do anything they don't want to do I personally think that as far as a gaming perspective it's going to bite them in it behind uh, perception is everything and right now if you look just as far as what's going on and how the media is telling the story Microsoft is dominating every single game headline 
when it comes to this generation of platforms and just games in general and let me tell you why even before e3 started microsoft announced one of the worst kept rumors in gaming is that they're planning on bringing the xbox game pass cloud service to internet connected televisions and not only that they also are going to come out eventually with a streaming stick so eventually you're just going to be able to just buy that stick for whatever it costs pay your 14.99 a month at the present time for game pass ultimate and there you go that is your system no buying nothing no nothing it reminds me of something else that tried to come out a year or so ago maybe two years oh yeah stadia uh stadia is one of those stadia never made sense to me cloud gaming as a service makes sense cloud gaming as a hey you can buy your games on the cloud and you don't need a console doesn't make sense to me at least with physical hardware even though you're quote-unquote buying a license and not the actual game the actual property is on your hard drive with cloud gaming if that system or that if stadia goes poof tomorrow all those games that people purchase are gone and i didn't understand how you justify paying a monthly service fee and then buying your games on top of it that i ne never made sense to me so with xbox's solution of game um, game pass especially a quote unquote x cloud uh cloud component it makes perfect sense to pay a one-time monthly subscription fee like you do netflix and all those others play all the games you want and then when you're done you're done if you want to buy physical hardware physical media you can do that so it doesn't try to really eat away at one me, at that physical media it's always seen as a compliment to it so that's why i really like but that was what they were talking about before e3 started and then when e3 started you had um i think ubisoft's press office press conference which was eh. um i'm not a far cry 6 fan or a far cry fan as it, as it is so that didn't excite me that was probably the most exciting thing actually no it wasn't most exciting now i'll get to that as we go forward uh take two's conference was trash konami's conference was trash everybody's conference was trash uh really except for xbox and nintendo and with xbox they highlighted 30 games non-stop games the whole 90 minutes and it was as a gamer glorious now a lot of games i'm not interested in um i will say though and i wasn't going to highlight this but sea of thieves is crossing over with pirates of the caribbean and i played sea of thieves once or twice and it was it was fun not necessarily my cup of tea i would jump back into it just to see the story mode for uh see if these were pirates of the caribbean that looks pretty fun and i don't know if the whomever is doing the voice of captain jack sparrow is johnny depp but if it's not it is almost one-to-one -one. That, that person needs to have a job forever because that is almost johnny depp if it's not him so that's that as far as that's concerned but uh for me it's all about halo halo looks great i got a xbox original xbox back in 2002 and i didn't get it for halo I'm, I've never was a first-person shooter person uh, before uh, my Xbox, and I'm still not. I like Halo, and that's pretty much about it. And I bought my Xbox, or well, I actually was purchased for me, but the games I wanted the most were Shinmu 2, because I had a Dreamcast, and I want to continue that Shinmu saga. 
and The Thing because one of my favorite movies of all time is John Carpenter's The Thing and the fact that they did a direct sequel in video game form that was all you do is sign me up so that's what it was I did not get into Halo 2 or excuse me Halo until Halo 2 I played a little bit of Halo and Halo at the time was one of those games that first person shooters that gave me uh, motion sickness so I wasn't really feeling it like that but there was something about the hype around Halo 2 that I wanted to get in it looked like it just looked amazing compared to Halo 1 so I did it I stood in line and I played it for months and I played multiplayer when I could but I really became enchanted by the story of Halo and that's what it got me I, I love that sci-fi action space marine drama uh, that Halo brings and from then on I've played every single mainline Halo game uh, after that, I'm not a fan of RTS, so I didn't play Halo Wars, but Halo 3, Halo Reach, Halo ODST, and I loved ODST. I just love the atmosphere of ODST, and the fact that the lead designer for ODST is on Halo Infinite makes it even better. I'm really excited about it, and also the fact that the multiplayer for Halo Infinite is free free to play and and we knew this was coming but in an era when you have um apex legends and, and fortnite really dominating and then that's really the landscape where gaming is now we all expected that and microsoft will be a fool not to take their biggest most well-known franchise with its legendary multiplayer aspects and to make that into a free-to-play game to continue to cash on it iterate on it for years to come without being hampered down by a quote-unquote campaign but for me it's all about the campaign i want to see how things evolve after the events of halo 5 i want to know where cortana is i want to know who this uh imposter cortana is i want to play as master chief and to shoot up covenant or whomever else the enemy is i want to see this new um sprawling halo ring that we're going to be traversing on as far as i've been just like i want to see these things so i got excited for that so yes i know i'm anomaly i'm an anomaly as far as when it comes to halo i'm all about the campaign i can tell us about multiplayer so bring on halo and just the fact that i don't have to get a new xbox <laughs> um i can still play on my xbox one is even better oh one thing that came out afterwards Xbox is going to, excuse me, Microsoft is going to make Cloud Play available on OG Xbox Ones. So I may never have to buy an Xbox uh, Series S or X if this is concerned. That's great for me and my wallet. So of those 30 games that they presented, 27 of them are going to be in Game Pass Day 1. That was amazing, and probably of those, the most, the one I'm most looking forward to outside of Halo was Back for Blood. I recently, if you've seen on my Instagram, I've been playing Left 4 Dead 2 again. I love that game. Uh, that game in Left 4 Dead 1, I just remember playing it hours on and being up until the middle of the night, talking with people, and it was just such a fun game, and it still is. And I was surprised that almost 12 plus years later that I popped it in, and there's still people playing it and let you know how much people love this game back for blood is a spiritual successor to the left for dead series done by the original team now being published by warner brothers because valve owns the left for dead uh trademark and i was a bit worried about this game with all the reviews and all the mechanics i've seen it's uh very much uh, while you still have that same chaotic um, action they've incorporated a lot of what it seems like pay to play or pay to win uh, aspects 
in the game to make it a bit more interesting and also the card system i'm not i'll play it i'll see what it's like when i play it but i'm not too uh keen on that at least the way i've seen it described and played out in some of the um alpha bills that are um videos that are out on youtube but i don't have to worry about buying it now because in october when it comes out it's coming out day one on xbox game pass so i can play it and then if i really like it i can go and buy it and that's one of the beauties about game pass it's it's I'm able to try games and there's so many games on Game Pass that I've played and loved that I never would have given a second chance simply because that barrier of entry was so high when purchasing a new game, especially a new AAA title. It's it's just one of those things. It is I will say it again the best value in gaming, um, in my opinion. And another aspect of it was um, the end of the conference featured a CG trailer for a game called redfall and that really piqued my interest it was all cg and basically you're trapped in a small town and it's being invaded by vampires and it looks cool i have no idea what the game is about but from its uh video i understand it's supposed to be a, a co-op action game i'm hoping for more of a cross between left for dead and uh, Shadowfall, best, and I assume Shadowrun because of the magic elements that were there. If you don't know what Shadowrun is, look it up. Uh, I'm looking forward to that based on that because it looked really cool. And we don't get too many games where we're actually fighting as vampires, um, as human beings, and that sort of setting. So I'm really interested in that. Now, that's it for the Microsoft. Now, I talked about Ubisoft, and Ubisoft, uh, can, no, not Ubisoft, Square Enix. Square Enix, uh, their press conference sucked as well. But one of the things that came out, one, the uh, Black Panther DLC for Avengers. Don't care. Don't care about the Avengers game. Okay. But what does peak or what did peak my interest was the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Now, um, after I, I wrote this up and wrote this outline, I came to find out that it's only you're only playable with Starla, which is disappointing. But it is a single player game. There is no co-op. I'm like great single player focus games i i get tired of that or i get tired of the relentless focus on multiplayer and using multiplayer for loot boxes and for uh selling dlc and really trying to extend the life of a game and it really burns me up as a consumer because you are now charging 60 not 70 dollars for next gen games most oh, excuse me probably 50 percent of games sold are digital now so they're making even more profits on these games compared to selling a physical disc in a Walmart or somewhere like that. And then they want to give us less features and in charges more in the back end. I understand business is business, but the consumers are getting restless with this. And that's why I continue to harp on GameCast passes being such a great um, avenue to play games because just the industry itself as you get more and more AAA titles, they try to nickel and dime you for everything. And I personally am sick of it and I'm not paying for it. However, Guardians is single player and it looks great. I love the fact that the characters of Guardians of the Galaxy, and these are the ones you know from the movie series, look closer to their comics representations than they do to their movie representations. And I actually love this. I, I grew up uh, reading Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was the original Guardians with uh, Martin X and all of them. I'm not as familiar with Star-Lord and them because they came out, well, excuse me, 
I'm not as familiar with this iteration with those characters. I'm familiar with Drax and Gamora and Rocket and, and Groot and all of them before they became the Guardians. So these characters look a lot more of what they look like then before they, the movie, movie adaptation in the MCU. So I'm excited for that as well. Now Nintendo, they did have their Switch Playhouse or whatever it's called, Clubhouse, whatever it's called. I'm not that big of a Nintendo fan at this point in my life. Um, I still have my DS. I'll play some Mario, but I don't get excited for a new Mario game or this set. But I will tell you, Metroid Dread was announced and shown off. And there's always something about a 2.5D uh, Metroid game that just, it, it warms your heart. You know that these games exist. The whole Metroidvania genre exists because of Metroid and Castlevania. So it's great to see that coming out and it looks amazing but also since it's the 35th anniversary of Legend of Zelda they are releasing a Game & Watch Legend of Zelda much like they did the Mario uh, series a few months ago for Mario's 35th anniversary but unlike the Mario Game & Watch where it only featured one mainline Mario game which was Super Mario Brothers they are also uh, they are releasing three games on the Game & Watch for Zelda, which makes it a better price proposition for me, especially if it's at the same $50 that the Mario Game & Watch was. So it's going to um, offer uh, Legend of Zelda 1, Legend of Zelda 2, Link's Awakening, and, excuse me, Legend of Zelda 2, Link's Quest, I forget what it's called, and Link's Awakening from the uh, Game Boy Color. So those are games, like, I would pay $50 to have a pocket Zelda machine uh, in my pocket or in my bag or what have you whenever I go back to the office so I'm looking forward to that and it also has a fourth game of Vermin aka Whack-A-Mole where Link is the main character in this game instead of Watchman or whatever it was called from back in the day uh, so those are my highlights for E3 like I said it's not a lot because not a lot of people show stuff it was really Microsoft Nintendo that's it. Those were the good shows. Those were the shows that you wanted to watch. And Microsoft had the nerve to show more stuff two days later. Go figure. So that's that for E3. It's Wednesday. Well, actually, no. It's another week. It's after Wednesday. So that means we're talking about Loki. There is no Loki video game. But hey, we may get one sooner or later. Uh, the way Square Enix is pumping out Marvel-based video games lately. So... With Loki, I understand that it's only six seasons, and the plot was, excuse me, the pilot was great. And I understand the plot needs to advance rather quickly since it's only six episodes, I said six seasons, uh, six episodes in this series. However, this episode was kind of boring to me. I enjoyed it, but it was boring at the same time. Like, I love Tom Hiddleston, I love Owen Wilson, I love the characters, I love banter. However, it's just the pacing of the episode just left a lot to be desired for me. And the reveal of the female Loki at the end was really anticlimactic for me, in my opinion. Um, we all knew it was coming, especially when reports leaked out that it was going to be a, a female Loki was involved in the show. We knew that was going to be a villain. That's why they did such a, um, a good job of keeping the face of that Loki different in the first episode and the majority of the second episode so we, we knew that was um was coming uh i the episode only got a little bit of redemption at the end when you essentially have all of the reset bombs being sent through time and the timeline going crazy and you see the consult control center at the tva literally shitting bricks 
it was great to see that the um, sense of impending doom and I am interested to really see how things progress over the next few episodes I want to know if they're able to fix it but more importantly I want to see how it plays into Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange 2 I forget the Multiverse of Madness, that's what it's called, that's right. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out and how it fits in. Um, I love that aspect. I love the interconnectivity of the Marvel Universe. I'm also interested to see if those or these events in this series have any effects on uh, Shang-Chi or Shang-Chung. Um, I always feel like I'm pronouncing it in Eternals um, later this year. And Marvel's very good as far as having movies come out um, release date wise is different from where they actually take place in the Marvel Universe timeline wise so both of these movies could very well happen you know before the blip after the blip who knows we'll see when they come out uh, just like Black Widow happens after me before the blip as far as that time between um, after Civil War I believe it is I mean, yeah before Endgame and anyway, um, I'm getting old, so I forget these things. So yeah, that's my impression on Loki episode two. Like I said, it, it was boring, but it had enough at the end to keep my interest. I mean, I would watch it all the way through just because it's Marvel, and I'm interested in seeing the story. It's all about the story for me uh, when it comes to Marvel. So that's my take on Loki episode two. And I'm gonna give you a quick style tip before I roll into our fragrance of the week. And this style tip is is a very simple one. It's all about the fit. Now, one of the things that I, I had this conversation, I'm actually with my sister a few days ago when we were discussing a gift for my father for Father's Day. And one of the things that I noticed as I got older is that I was wearing the wrong size. Now, I've always been a slender fellow, but growing up in the late 80s, early 90s and coming of age then, it was all about having things a little bit loose, a little bit baggy, not having things fitted so or at least more fitted to your body so with that i always as i saw growing up got a size large like really in a shirt or a t-shirt i should wear a, a large if not a medium sometimes and i always get extra largest because of the bagginess and the fit um dress shirts were you pretty much the size i was supposed to pants as well because there's more waist and, and length but uh, things like polo shirts were always purchased for me um, incorrectly. Like I have a bunch of polo shirts that are XLs that I just don't wear as much because they're a bit baggy compared to the large. Uh, same thing with jackets as well. Jackets were purchased a little bit larger than what they should have been for me. Uh, so I will say to you, look to see what fits you best. Uh, it's really supposed to be uh, clothes, especially gentlemen. Try to get them to make you look slimming. Uh, don't get anything too tight. But you want something that is uh, that hugs your body, that loves your body, not something that drapes all over your body. So that's my my one quick style tip for you today, just to make sure it fits correctly. Uh, we'll talk about suits and things like that in another time. But just in general, make sure things fit you properly. And nobody wants to walk outside looking like they have they have their clothes draping on them. You want to make sure your clothes look nice and trim and proper on you and with that we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about our fragrance of the week now fragrance of the week is going to be a cheapie and this is actually one i've seen 
uh, in the rack stores, particularly Burlington, for a, a while now. And I was really, I hadn't purchased anything in a while. So the itch, the itch of my addiction, it was just like, I need something. I need to buy something. A couple dollars in my pocket. So uh, with that, I, I was in Burlington. I was looking around. I was trying to really find something that was uh, sub $10, maybe a small bottle of something really nice. And I happened upon this fragrance and I looked it up on the Profumo app just to see what the notes would be to see if it was anything I would like. And, and with the spring and summer, I'm looking for fragrances that are going to be a bit lighter, uh, not anything really heavy, something I could just easily wear out. And also, it also helps too if it has a longer duration in the heat in the summer. So I looked this one up and I was surprised just at the notes and they were notes that I don't typically see in the fragrances that I own which is one of the uh, main things that really draws me to purchase something new I'm looking for something that I don't have on already that doesn't smell like anything I have and in this case this week's fragrance is Nordic Elements Water by Canon or Canon or whatever it's called so this is it right here and you're going to find top notes of um, aldehydes, lavender uh, eucalyptus and apple so um, like the apple and the lavender in the I love this opening it is so fresh it is so clean cue song here and then you have middle notes of geranium and water lily so this is probably my biggest pet peeve about this fragrance the water is not a really floral it's almost like a sweet floral with the geranium and the lily so I'm not really a big fan of the middle notes but then you have the base notes of amber musk Tonka bean, sandalwood, patchouli, moss, vetera, iris, and cashmere. All notes that I love. And as that middle note or those mid notes really fold into the base notes revealing them, it's just like, man. I absolutely love it. Like I said, the opening is such a fresh set. It reminds me of spring. Man, it's 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 so I love that opening so much. Um the dry down is where it's at. Um, it's it's interesting because it's it's listed as unisex. I really feel like with that, um, the dry down, it comes off a lot more masculine to me. The opening and the mid notes are definitely unisex. Definitely, I can smell those on anybody because it's so fresh, so so clean. It, it it does not, for me and my nose, associate with a gender. But once you break it down, especially that patchouli and that sandalwood, mixing with that musk, yeah, I really love it. It's also a great performer. I got it to last about eight hours on my day of my first spray. Um, and that's with going out into the heat as well. It's 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 great. Like I said, if I got it for $8.99. Uh, so you can definitely find it. Uh, very much under ten dollars. It lists prices nineteen ninety nine. So even if you find it for full price, I think it's still worth full price at twenty if you find it out there. But don't pay more than ten for it. Uh, it's definitely worth more, but it's definitely uh, you know you want to save every dollar you can. So this is Nordic Elements Water by Canon. Uh, yeah, it's great. I like it. I really really like it. And wait till the fragrance I talk to you about next week. You're going to really like that one. So that's it for me. This has uh, been another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. 
I've been your host, Webster's Out. Feel free to find us on the web first and foremost at the website, WebsterStyle.com or SotoinGeek.com, whichever one is easier for you to type. Find us on Twitter at Webster Style. Find us on Instagram at Webster Style or at Sotoyo and Geek. And always any comments, questions, anything you want to ask, anything you want to know, within reason, of course, email us at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you very much again for your time. Please stay safe out there. Strong, we can lift him to the sky. The party's on to 12. Yeah, we got a little time, time, time hey, to get hey, it on. Get and no fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the phone of the outfit. Omit, I'm choosing what we on. That was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear... Oh, I million them heels killing on, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, babe. Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match a very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pen so oh. thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil pen. No lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. And stroke, mental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Them plain friends, honey. We tell it better, crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy. Look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein, running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding back, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the project of the range? Rover. Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprain on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them Oh, you wanted to? Oh, I completely read that wrong.